This is the Heartland Daily Podcast. Jim Lakely from the Heartland Institute here. The other day, I was a guest on the Mark Reardon Show, a 97.1 FM talk in St. Louis. I was invited on the show to talk about the collapse of the Silicon Valley Bank and how much woke politics had to do with it. That bank and our federal regulators were a lot more interested in advancing left-wing political goals, such as donating to Black Lives Matter, seeking investment equity, fighting for climate justice, whatever that is, than it was in hiring a risk assessment officer. In fact, Silicon Valley Bank had a diversity, equity, and inclusion executive, but not a risk assessment officer for the last three quarters before it collapsed. So how much did woke politics have to do with it? Listen to this brief clip to find out. 97.1 FM Talk. On Demand Audio. With me right now is Jim Lakely, who's the VP of the Heartland Institute. We're going to talk about the uh, Silicon Valley Bank a little bit and some of the things that might have happened behind the scenes that brought it down. Hey, Jim, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing great, Mark. Uh, happy to be on with you. I was having a conversation about this a couple of weeks ago when it all happened, and I brought some of the issues up that you point to here with the potential wokeness with this bank, and I was vehemently argued with saying, ah, that's the only reason that this bank failed is because they were, uh, you know, I don't even know what the reason would, but they, they totally disregarded the notion that this may have had something to do with it. And I said at the time, I'm like, look, I don't know that it had anything to do with it, but some of the information that I'm hearing is certainly interesting. Now, you happen to be someone, I think, that believes that it had a lot to do with it, right, Jim? Well, certainly, it was certainly a significant factor. I think there's no doubt about it. I mean, if you look at what, um, I mean, first of all, Silicon Valley Bank did not have a, uh, did not have an executive, a risk assessment executive for the last three quarters of its existence. That's stunning. It went In and up. of itself, that's stunning, right? That, that's stunning. And, and again, the, the regulators, they kind of looked the other way or just ignored this. Um, uh, you know, and I think it's because they were pushing the, the leftist agenda. They were pushing, um, you know, investing in uh, bad, you know, bad bets, which is green energy, which doesn't work, won't work, is very expensive. But, um, you know, investing, donating millions, tens of millions to Black Lives Matter, uh, saying all the right things in their quarterly reports about how they're they're pushing for equity and um, you know, pushing green energy in communities of color, which will cre- somehow create wealth. I don't know how that's supposed to happen. But I think what you what you have here are regulators kind of looking the other way when they are not uh, responsibly investing investor money because they are they have the right politics. And I think that's certainly a big factor for why it failed because the people were not watching or the regulators, I should say, were not keeping an eye on it to make sure that it could pass the stress test, which it obviously failed just a few weeks ago. So you you point out in your piece, Jim, that even just, I guess this would have been probably the George Floyd summer, they donated $73 million to Black Lives Matter. Now, I don't know how that compares to other banks that are doing things along these lines or whether or not that's significant or not, but it might be. Yeah, it might be. (laughs) Well, I mean, look, I mean, look, so Silicon Valley Bank is, is not like, uh, you know, it's not like it's a wonderful life, right? Where, you know, you, you take your money and the Bailey brothers are keeping it for you. So you guys can all invest in building your homes and your community. That's not what Silicon Valley Bank did. Silicon Valley Bank was basically uh, a, virtual, a venture capital firm uh, for all intents and purposes. And so it was invested, but it was specializing in investing in so-called green energy. Now, that's great when, especially when you have governments that are mandating that communities take lots of energy from wind and solar, which is inefficient and doesn't work. 
you know, when, when government mandates that you need to use green energy and then government subsidizes the creation of green energy, that may seem like a pretty good investment. Um, and maybe it is for as long as the public money holds out. But eventually, green energy is going to run up against something called reality and the fact that it doesn't produce enough energy to keep our society going. And companies that have to buy more expensive energy start to go belly up. Uh, and so, you know, you put that together with, with their uh, with their dedication to equity. I mean, that, if you look at their their quarterly reports and their, their in fact, their 2022 annual investor report, a brag that it got an outstanding rating on it because of its Community Re- Reinvestment Act plan, which included billions of dollars for low-income housing and promoting a green economy that build wealth in communities of color. Now, I don't know about you, but do you think there's a big, uh, a big investment, uh, a big return on investment in low-income housing? I don't. Uh, it seems to me that this bank was, was involved in it pushing um, a political agenda and not trying to actually make sound investments to make money for the people that had their money there. So I want you to explain, because the other thing that's interesting about this is as you connect the dots, Jim, and you point this out, that, you know, the president stepped in very quickly. Now, you can, I think you can make the argument that you, you want to act somewhat quickly just because people are going to start panicking about other banks. But Gavin Newsom had a little money in this bank and folks like that, right? I mean, these weren't exactly when we hear that our money is insured up to $250,000. I'm pretty comfortable with that because I don't have more than that in a bank account. But these people did, didn't they, Jim? Well, they did, you know, and, and most of the super rich, you know, uh, they will have they have their money all over the place in more banks than than you know than most people would ever would ever need. But yeah, ninety seven percent of the depositors at Silicon Valley Bank um, had deposits above that two hundred fifty thousand dollar limit, and one of those people was California Governor Gavin Newsom, who just happened to pick up the phone and call Joe Biden and say, "You need to intervene and bail out this bank." Uh, now, in you know, in most worlds, that's called corruption, <laughs> and uh, making sure his pocket stays lined. And what do you know? Biden decides to bail out the bank. So you know, it's the it's the richest of the rich who are investing in this, and you know, they they have, and most of the really super wealthy people in this country, um, you know, as opposed to the you know the cliche of some kind of like uh, you know the, the monopoly man or something like that, somebody on the right. You know, the Koch brothers are always thrown out there. But so many, especially in California, the super wealthy are very much of a leftist political bent. And so the, the, the system, the banking system, and certainly this bank, was rigged to make sure that um, no matter how crummy the investments and no matter how poorly the money was managed by the woke people at Silicon Valley Bank, everybody who had their money in there is going to be made whole. And that's exactly what happened. And so if you're connected, you're fine. If you're not, well... You know, a lot of people lost a lot of money back in the uh, the housing crisis, and uh, I don't remember most middle class people getting bailed out. Jim, are there going to one thing? I don't even know if I've heard this addressed here in the last few weeks. Will there be any kind of repercussions for anyone involved here in the leadership of this bank, or not? Well, that's interesting. I just saw it today. I wasn't able to read too much into it before coming on uh, your program, Mark. But uh, First Citizens Bank apparently has just bought the the assets of whatever left of it, a Silicon Valley bank. Okay. Uh, so so that's so that's happening, and and that's what you see when you have bank failures is you see more consolidation. So that's not a really a big surprise. Um, but Congress is supposed to have hearings this week um, exploring the role that regulators played on the failure of Silicon Valley Bank and others. And that's going to be really interesting to, uh, to keep an eye on, because what I think you're going to see highlighted is that the San Francisco Fed, which is one of the entities that's supposed to be regulating the banks out on the West Coast, including Silicon Valley Bank, they too are focused on things like climate change and 
um, you know, climate resiliency and making sure, you know, how, how firms and banks will be able to handle more severe weather events and how that affects investments. Well, you know, the Heartland Institute, we, we keep a very close eye on severe wet weather events. And I have very good news. Through all these decades of mild warming that we've had, the last 30, 40, 50 years, there has not been an uptick in severe weather. Uh, there hasn't been a, an uptick in disastrous weather events. So it's this, it's this idea. It's like they just spout this ideology while sitting on piles of billions of dollars. And then they throw that money at their, at their, you know, their ideas that don't make any sense and that are not actually based in reality. And then all the money starts to go away. And then the taxpayer has to come in and make them all whole again. Yeah, it's and, just, it's I, and here's why that's, that's being played here. And, and this is why I think this is important as well. You know, I started this off by, by talking about this conversation I was having with my friend who, who knows a little bit about banks financing, things like that. And he was just insistent that the wokeness had nothing to do with it. Now, Jim, <clears throat> I tend to fall on your side of the equation here. Yeah. But but let's say let let's say we don't know for sure, right? So you got you mm-hmm. telling one side of this story and then uh, other people say, no, that had nothing to do with it. But I would have no faith or confidence in the legacy media to ask questions along these lines of anybody because they just ignore whether or not this is part of the equation. And I think that in and of itself is problem. Yeah, well, that's true. I mean, this is a very complicated, uh, you know, banking, the bank, the financial system in the United States globally, really, is a very complicated uh, organism. And it's different. And it's, it's not true that wokeness caused it, you know, all by itself, because there's going to be it's very complicated. There'll be many, many causes. It's a factor. But yes, it's certainly a factor. And I think it's, it's actually a bigger. I think it's certainly a bigger factor than our legacy media. Yes. Led on, led on and, your, and your friend there lets on. Because you have to, the, the, the fact that you don't have a risk assessment executive at your bank for nine months and then you go belly up, but you are putting forth all of these reports on how you're doing good for the climate and we're going to be uh, fighting for social justice and climate justice and we're going to be supporting, uh, making sure to try to build wealth in communities of color with green energy. I mean, that is not stuff that actually makes money or that are sound investments. If they were, then, you know, there would be a lot of money uh, flowing into that. And then one of the other reasons why Silicon Valley, Valley Bank went belly up is that they bought treasury bills at about 0% interest rate. And then when they started to get a little bit of a pull on their deposits, they tried to sell those on the market. Um, but they were basically worthless because the interest rates had already risen. And so they found themselves short. Um, that's probably what you're going to find out of the congressional hearings. That's probably the best spin you can put on it. But I think when you're paying attention to politics and wokeness and virtue signaling, and and a fake climate crisis, uh, that's how you can lose billions uh, in a few days. Jim Lakely, great stuff. I appreciate it. VP of the Heartland Institute. Stay on him, Jim, and keep us posted. I'll be curious to see if anything else turns up in the hearings. But I, I really appreciate your take here, and thanks for coming on in St. Louis. Thank you, Mark.